Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic this week, how do you grow in your career as a designer? Do we have follow-up? We do. Our friend uh, Chevy <laughs> on Twitter um, sent us this great, big, long Evernote post, as he does. Uh, he's the master of, of feedback. Uh, and this, <laughs> this week's feedback certainly didn't disappoint. Uh, so if you remember, last week we were talking about working remotely and you, you were sort of sharing your tips and tricks for like what's working well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so our, our friend Chevy decided to share his tip for working remotely. Uh, and I won't read the entire note. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes so you can read all of it if you're interested. Uh, but basically like one of his strategies is uh, using a handcrafted and handwritten calendar on his wall. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting idea because um, I like that the aspect that it's handwritten, it's physical and it's on like <laughs> on a wall somewhere that mm. it's, it sort of acts as this, this board where like all the information, your information can be. And I mean, I don't work from like from home, but I like certainly can see that this would be a useful tool for me to at least sort of like plan my week and kind of like set milestones for myself. So it seems like a good technique. What do you think about it? I agree. And again, Chevy, um, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Wait. I don't know. We should Chevy. ask him. Sure. Chevy. <laughs> Chevy. <laughs> He won, yeah. He wins uh, listener feedback, like an award, some kind. Um, it was, it's always, always so great to see that. And by the way, we have uh, mm. links in the show notes. If you want to read Chevy's uh, take on it, you should definitely do it. I, I don't know, having something like analog and like handwritten, and especially you know, hung on a wall, is there's this aspect, like romantic aspect to it, which I kind of love. So I don't do this myself. I kind of want to. It also feels so much better crossing stuff off on paper right? than checking a box on your computer. Yeah, so if you have like a like calendar, that. you have to like rip the month page apart. That's such a great feeling. Yeah. Okay, so once again, thanks, Chevy. And for everyone else that is not Chevy, uh, you should uh, <laughs> open the link and, 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 and give it a look. Chevy. All right, so our main topic this week is uh, growth, which is kind of an interesting topic, right? Like, I feel like I spend a ton of time just in my personal life thinking about that. I don't know, like, is that something that you think about? Um, <laughs> that is something that I personally, like, historically don't think about. And 
currently think that I should have <laughs> you know, <laughs> thought more about it and maybe actively do it now. Meaning it's something that I never really put much thought into, but right now I feel like I should. So I'm starting to. Right. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think one of the reasons why I think about it more explicitly now is that um, I'm not just thinking of my own personal growth, but I'm also thinking about the growth of the people on my team. Um, so I kind of have to like explicitly take time in my days to think of, okay, how can I like challenge this team member? How can I like find a way to help them grow in uh, this area that they could improve into? Or how can I help them achieve this goal that they want to achieve? Um, that being said, like, I think I've always sort of thought, like thought about growth and maybe the, like, I wasn't using the word growth at the time. Um, mm -hmm. but I feel like for me, growth comes from, uh, this desire to keep learning new things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that, like, that's definitely something that, that you have, right? For sure. <laughs> the, the, the thing here for me that I'm struggling with a little bit, and I, it's still not super clear to me as well, like what, what, what should I call this, is that, of course, since I started you know, doing what I do, I've always wanted to be better and get better and learn new skills and you know, just grow as a professional, be able to do more and better. But I never thought about so I always thought about being better at what I'm doing. I never thought about like being good at stuff that I'm not doing right now. Right. Like, like being a manager, you know, that's something that I I'm not doing. So because of that, I never thought about doing you know, like as a career progression. But mm -hmm. for example, doing UI work, that's something I did in the past. And I always very actively thought about being a better like UI designer, for example. Right. Um, so it's like two different things, but they are really they they go hand in hand very much yeah and i love that you're kind of addressing that because it was one of the things that i wanted to talk about um cool. <laughs> so so you're right like you touched on like two aspects of growth so one is getting better at the thing that you you're already doing mm -hmm. um and so i almost look at that as like applying it can be like uh, uh basically solving harder and harder problems with like skills that you have now so effectively like if you're able to solve harder and harder problems that means you're getting better at your skill right. um but I, I can also see um like taking the skill you have now uh working on something and then applying it to different types of problems right so like rather than focusing say you're you've been focused on like a let's just give an example like developer <laughs> developer tool um and then all of a sudden you take the that knowledge and i don't know you build the interface for like a tesla like mm -hmm. that would be like an area of growth for you because like even though it's technically the same skill it's a completely different problem space right um uh, and then the last one is exploring a new field you don't know much about. Um, so it could be management, for example. Um, and I really like want to classify management under this new field that you don't know anything about. 
because while many people see it as like a natural progression from like an individual contributor to being like more of a senior team member um, to eventually like becoming becoming a lead or a manager, mm-hmm. it's like such a fundamentally different job that almost none of the skills that you had before like are useful and or relevant i like yeah they don't translate directly at all yeah like they're like obviously they're like if you're you should probably be a good individual contributor before being a manager because that's going to help you a lot um but in some ways i find that um the thing that made me good as a designer is like the thing that may be holding me back as a manager <laughs> uh interestingly How enough, so? um, well, for example, like I think as an individual contributor, personally, I found that um, I would often um, kind of like try to do as much as possible. Um, so, for example, like I would like if someone had an idea, I'd be like, okay, like let me like take 15 minutes, like mock mock this up so that people can have an idea of like what the thing looks like um let me like get involved and like help out with and help out on the front end development side let me like do this do that and like kind of for me at least i I think that being like directly involved into every single aspect of the projects that i was working on was sort of one of my strengths Uh, but then as a manager like you obviously can't do that right like i can't and like i can't open up sketch and be like hey like let me try to like figure out a solution for for the problem that you're having like that's not the good the right way to do things and i think when i when i started as a manager like i think i probably was this annoying person who was sort of trying to like dis try to solve the problem on my own beforehand and kind of helping trying to help you guide the the person towards what i had in my mind mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense no you do totally but but basically like that's a super dumb way to do <laughs> to do things uh and like thankfully i've like realized that since and <laughs> hopefully gotten better at that um so yeah like I do see these things as like completely separate. But anyways, uh we can touch on that <laughs> more later. <laughs> like I, right. I didn't expect to go off on this tangent. Um so No, but those are um, those are good points. And it's something that I always uh, like I, we talked about this this progression like, you know, uh, move to more like to be a manager or a leader or something mm-hmm. or keep being an IC. We talked about this and it's it was a decision that I had to make a couple months back. And still, like to this day, it's something that I I will always think about. Like, would I like? Do I someday want to be a manager or not? Do I want to lead a team or not? And that the the thing you just touched is probably the the most difficult thing um, that I would have to do. Like for me, in order to be a manager, first I I have to like it, enjoy it, which is something I still don't know if I would. And and that like giving up control over the yep. outcome the, like the product that it's not control you still have a lot of control over of course your team and but it's that direct manipulation you know what you're doing yeah. like you actually did it yourself um that is something that i, I feel 
it, it would be like the most problematic change yeah. for me. Yeah, I don't mean to turn this into like this, like the manager <laughs> show, um, but like I'm, it, it, you're almost touching on something that came to my mind, like that I've been thinking about lately, which is like as an individual contributor, like the your time matters a lot. Um, so meaning that like a lot of the activities that you do take lots of time. So designing like a complete flow like takes a lot of time uh going through lots of iteration iterations that takes a lot of time right like before you can mm-hmm. decide on what the best solution is um versus one thing that i'm seeing now as a manager if i'm like if i'm doing things right um time isn't as important um so what i mean by that is is that like what matters now is how good of like a direction I can give and how well I can articulate the feedback and how well I can understand like our business goals and our merchant our merchants needs and stuff mm. like that. Um, because like, honestly, like I can have like a 30 minute meeting with someone and if I am able to say the right things and think things through well enough i can like that can then fuel the person to be able to work for like an entire week you know Mm. um and so that's been like an interesting shift uh for me in like how i think about like how i spend my time and i think something that i'm finding myself doing more now is like taking more time to like just read and get a deeper sort of understanding about things rather than focusing on action right away because i find that like what matters the most is (laughs) i'd say like being accurate (laughs) rather than like spending a lot of time on something Mm. uh anyways (laughs) um we can that's interesting talk about that more for sure maybe this is probably another show topic um (laughs) so how do you grow in your career um so i think for me if i want to keep learning new things um i there there's like a couple patterns that i've noticed like during my like not so long career right like it seems like we're both of us are like talking about this like we've been in this career for like decades but like really we haven't uh and hopefully our careers has have a lot ahead of it (laughs) so um but so one pattern that i've noticed is that um whenever i start getting comfortable in one area that means it's probably time for me to put myself into an uncomfortable situation again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to me, like that's kind of the secret of being able to grow. It's to like find the things that you're scared of, <laughs> that you're like, I don't know what I would do in this situation. I don't know if I'm gonna like it. Like this seems different. It seems new. This like almost feels like it's not a thing you should do <laughs> uh right. 
And in a way, like that feeling almost like makes it uh, assures that it's a thing that you should probably be doing. <laughs> um, because that's an area that you haven't explored. Like I often think about it as like, um, I don't know. I mean, you probably have more video game references than I do, but like, <laughs> you know, these, these games where like, um, it's like, it starts, it starts off and the, the entire map is dark. And as like mm-hmm. you move around, you're like clearing up more of the ma- more and more of the map. Right. I kind of see it th- <laughs> this way. Like <laughs> when there's a thing that you don't know if you should do, and, but like you basically have no idea of what it's like right and and so usually i think a good thing to do is to at least go explore that map and like remove a lot of like the i don't know that dark those dark clouds <laughs> if you keep the the video game metaphor but like kind of understand a bit more about what this is like and what the challenges are and you'll never know like maybe this going to be something that you'll enjoy doing uh, at some point or maybe you'll just learn something and like you'll get better at working with other people right right um <laughs> the, hmm. but it's also valid that you don't want to explore a lot of stuff other stuff like you just want to be better at what you are already and the more you you know keep at it the less runway there is to to cover. How do you get better at what you do, though? Just keep doing it and keep doing it. Uh, like tackle harder problems, but like the still. I'm thinking like like you know right. So UI or like, product or however however you look at it, I, I I still think that there's something new, like an element of new there. Mm-hmm. Right? No, like for sure. Whether, for sure. Whether it's like a new field or it's a new problem or it's a harder problem. No, absolutely. Like there's always like an element the of the same problem new. gets you nothing. There's no value there. Right. right? You're not learning. Yeah. You're not getting better. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, maybe you, you may get faster, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but, but yeah. No, no, sure. But uh, sorry. Okay. The big thing that I'm struggling here with this topic and kind of like what I would w- want to touch is this notion like, growing in your career there's a lot of you know misconception or like these ideas as we you touched before like being a manager for example is a natural you know the next step after being an ic which is totally not the case uh but kind of is sometimes like it is one other thing that you can do in a way um and so like this progression is the path like already you know like set for us are we supposed to be an ic until we are not anymore and then we're, we lead a team and then you're like a vp of something and then you have your own company like is this a, the natural progression that you're supposed to follow in I a way think, yeah i feel like that's something that society is trying to impose on us but i know i don't but, <laughs> but i don't but think it has thing. to be that way it doesn't have so take the i've been thinking about this uh for a while now and it's not directly related but there's a lot of stuff that we can like you know all right hear me out like i've been <laughs> since <laughs> i got here this this time i'm in san francisco by the way like since this week i've been thinking in hearing about a lot of like startups and stuff and their progression and history and that that startup was bought and that startup raised this round of whatever and even like my own startup i've i've sometimes i think is this how this startup world is supposed to work like 
you know, you have your seed round and then you really have no product and then you, you know, do the classic, like you get your product and you raise another round and then you grow your team and then you figure the business model and then you raise another one and then and, until you get bought or <laughs> go public, you know, uh, and then you just do it again. Like, is this, you have to follow this. And you may think, well, no, you can do your own thing. But the reality is that you can't because, you know, you can't compete with the, you know, if you're just you by yourself building your product, you can't really compete with this team that has, you know, millions of dollars in funding. They can do so much more than you. Um, and so like, kind of that thinking, if that also applies to your career as an individual, like is this path already set for you and you just have to follow it and as slowly or as fast as as you can like is this no, all I don't there think is you have to no <laughs> like is there free will <laughs> that was, whoa 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 <laughs> that escalated real quick right there it did. uh uh i would love to chat about free will at some point <laughs> maybe in the upside down um hey <laughs> But uh, no, I don't think you have to follow that. And like, there are examples of people who haven't done that. Like, some people just like, some people create their startup, build on their startup, they sell it, they then they become this executive, like you mentioned. But some people just like starting new things, right? Like, you look at uh, Kevin Rose, or I'd say even like Ev Williams, like they're just, like just always starting new companies. Right? and not just like settling into one thing um or like you look at like different people that are like really focusing on their craft and don't want to be managers and they're just like probably the designers that you look up to the most <laughs> um <laughs> so i'd say like like you get to choose your own path and that's probably like the beauty of being in the tech industry right now is is that like it a lot of these things still feel fairly new and there's a lot of demand for all sorts of roles and positions and there's tons of new challenges and problems that require very different types of skill sets um so yeah i don't think you have to like go one way or the other like you can sort of choose what you want to do um, I want to recognize that, like, it can be harder if you're not following, like, the traditional path. Right. Um, but I think it's totally doable. So here's a question. If you decide that, you know, you love being in IC, that's what do you want to do? You mm -hmm. want to, you know, mm -hmm. be there and uh, <laughs> design rectangles. Uh, and you, like, so you pass, up, you pass out on, like, you know, opportunities to be a manager or to just, like, stop being an IC. So you keep mm -hmm. doing it. And probably your title is, you know, senior product designer, probably, mm -hmm. or something like that. And then you keep doing it and the company keeps changing around you, but you still want to do that. So you're going to get better, way better at what you're doing, but you're still doing the same thing. Are you progressing in your career? Are you advancing in your career? Absolutely. Or are you stuck? Yeah. No, I think you're progressing. Like I, the way that I see it, at the end of the day, is uh, to me, it's all about the impact that you can have. Um, and in some cases, like leading people is maybe an easier way to increase the impact that you can have, uh, because as we were talking before, like 
you're not dependent on that time component as much because like there's 24 hours in a day and hopefully you don't work 24 hours in a day uh, so there's only so much time they can spend on something whereas if you're leading people that kind of scales a lot better um, mm. and you basically just sort of delegate more and more um, the bigger the problem you're trying to solve um, but uh, I forget what the question was uh, like if you keep being like if you have the same title and you get better but is oh yeah progressing yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah so no i think you are pro progressing and like you can have in some ways like you can have more impact on a company on heck the like the world even uh if you are like an ic like like <laughs> i mean no but think about it like there might be again like we're using hypotheticals here but like imagine that you are a designer at apple in like 2006 <laughs> and <laughs> like before you've been like working on the mac <laughs> and then like all of a sudden uh steve walks into your office and is like hey i want you to work on this secret project uh and you go and you design like the iphone home screen like that's like a massive way to have an incredible amount of impact and you're not necessarily a manager. And I'd say like that person has incredibly valuable skills, right? Okay. okay. So no, that, like to me, to me, yeah. like it doesn't really matter like how you achieve that impact. Um, but like what does matter is that you're not just this like solving the same problems over and over again right like so basically mm -hmm. imagine and that might not be the best analogy but like imagine that designer who designed the the home screen who's like then goes to samsung and designs the home screen then goes to google and designs the home screen and then goes to um i don't know microsoft and designs a home screen like <laughs> that's just like repeating I'm the same problem designer. <laughs> yeah. and and again like that might not be the best analogy right because uh samsung might have different challenges than than google's and in that case like that designer might be growing um but like i i feel like the only person who can tell whether you are growing or not is you. Um, so, like, for example, like, for my parents, I've been working on checkout for four years, and they're like, isn't it done by now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin, uh, isn't it done? And, and I'm like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> um, but, like, in reality, like, we've done so many different things, right? Like, it, it, sure, it's within the same product area but like there's there's been many different uh problems that we had to solve with like massively different types of constraints and um challenges and goals and i've also evolved in the type of role that i have uh to play in in the team so mm -hmm. like for me it's like it has never been boring and it, like has like always been felt different like every year that i've been at shopify has been like incredibly different from the year before mm -hmm. uh and that's like that's the way that i want to keep going like so some people ask me like so like you've been at shopify for years uh, are you like thinking of moving on to something else and i'm like not really <laughs> like not at the moment um because mm -hmm. as, as long as i'm 
feel like I'm growing, that I'm learning new skills and I'm getting better at what I do, I feel like I'm perfectly happy where I am. If there ever comes a time where I feel like I'm not getting that anymore, then then that's a different conversation, right? But right. I, like, I think like you don't have to change company to get into a new role or like solve different types mm. of problems. But but that's why a lot of people change jobs for that reason to be able to do something completely different, and so and because of that, you know, grow a lot for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like, obviously, like every company has different, um, different like possibilities for you to like grow or, or not. Like, obviously, a company like Shopify is very large and it has like many things going on at any given time. So it's, it may be more, more easy to like work on different types of challenges while being at the same place versus mm-hmm. like being at a small startup where like there's one product, like there's, basically like not much else to do Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know i think like you you absolutely can make the career you want for yourself um it's like for me i think like the sad part is that like not necessarily every company can give you that space to learn Mm -hmm. um because i can like i very much see that um learning and growing like that stuff takes time uh like it's not true that you're like as you're learning you're as productive as someone who's has all the skills and is just executing like i i see this divide between like execution time versus learning time um and i feel like the the ideal is trying to find a place or a company where you can both execute and learn at the same time and that it's allowed that you don't you don't just have to do the learning part on your own Mm -hmm. time um because i think that's one like so much more fulfilling for you and two i think for a company um that's an investment in you obviously um it's like investing in the fact that you learning a new thing today means a better like employee tomorrow right so um i think like you can find these places where like they do value that experimentation that like idea of trying new things mm-hmm. um even though like sometimes it can take a bit of work before you like you get there okay so uh we you know should wrap this up soon ish um i guess we we went on a couple of like <laughs> sidetracks on the topic we danced around it um but the topic is like how do you grow like in your career can you say it's pretty much just you know do stuff that you don't know how to <laughs> okay so you know? let, let me ask you a question um mm-hmm. how do you know that like you're getting too comfortable and you need to try something new First, if like if everything is easy, I mean that's the most obvious. Uh, if you don't feel like, if you if you're not struggling, <laughs> if it's, if it's stuff is not hard, it's probably because you're, you're getting too comfortable. But the other one would be like look at what you did like a month ago or two months ago or like you know a while back, like the last project, the last two projects. When you look back, are you like completely satisfied? If you are, I don't know. Like I, 
I, was not, <laughs> I never got to that place. Like everything that I do a month later, it, it, it's terrible. And I know a thousand ways I can make it better, which is good. Uh, it means that, you know, you know how to make it better. Um, so I would say those are some ways you can do that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there are good um, good indicators. Um, I do think that it's it's always like a bit of a leap of faith. Like some like you never feel like you've completely mastered everything. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I'd say like well, sometimes spoilers, you never will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You never will. Um, and so I think like a good skill to have just in life in general, but like s- like pick up on the times when um you have like diminishing returns on your the time investment that you're putting into something like if you're you're seeing like okay for the past like two years like like huge year over year improvement and you're seeing that that's slowing down then that might be a sign like even though you're like but i'm not an expert at that like i'm not i'm not absolutely not perfect but Mm -hmm. like truth is you probably never will be and if you wait until you're perfect at one thing like you're probably waiting too long um and like finding the next thing can also sometimes be tough like what's mm-hmm. like what's a, what's the obvious next thing right like i feel like for a long time for me there were there was like a clear next thing um because like i didn't have a lot of the skill that i needed to produce some like work that was up to my taste um but like now i've i'm finding that more and more over time like the next frontier is blurrier Mm -hmm. and i was like okay so (laughs) what like what is next like there there isn't like necessarily this one person that I can, or uh, this multitude of, of people where I can look and be like, okay, this is like, I want to follow the same path as they have, or at least like maybe I'm not following the right people anymore. Um, but like, it's harder for me to have like an example of what's, what I like could or should or like would want to explore next. And I think that's kind of, maybe also exciting in its own regard like we've been talking about a lot about like exploring the unknown and the scary and like one thing that i've started to recognize is maybe this is my scary of like not having the obvious kind of Hmm. next thing or next step and maybe having to figure that out um so i don't know like i don't i really don't have the answers there and i guess we'll we'll see like time will tell and i'll probably talk about it on the show if it happens one thing we can say though is um if you have thoughts on a topic uh why don't you let us know um contact us at layoutfm on twitter or um send us an email or post in our um spectrum uh chat uh and we'll read through all of that and maybe we'll talk about sort of your ideas your thinking and then clarify a bit of of our thinking on on the subject
time for side okay. dishes? Side dishes. We have some time. Very little, but we can cover something quick. Okay. Um, so I have a question for you. So there's mm -hmm. been uh, this sort of viral tweet. I'm looking at it right now. It has 65,000 retweets and 53,000 likes. Um, so I think it's fair to say that I went viral. Um, mm -hmm. And this person says, in Portugal, with no net neutrality, internet providers are starting to split the net into packages. And that's a screenshot uh, that's showing like messaging, social, video, music, email and cloud, and Neo, which I have no idea what this is. Oh, that's one of the uh, that's one of the like one of the carriers. Like, uh, think of this like Verizon apps. Oh, for example. okay. Mm. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, as <laughs> as everyone does, um, I kind of looked at it. I liked the tweet, and but like I didn't like really r research uh, any of this more than that. Uh, but I kind of bookmarked it. But I kind of bookmarked it uh, mm -hmm. because I'm like, hey, I know someone <laughs> who lives in Portugal, <laughs> uh -huh. um, so I'm kind of curious. Like, one, like, is that true? that there is no net neutrality in portugal and if so what are like tell us about what the implications of that are okay so there's there's one huge like piece of context that it's missing from this screenshot okay, okay. all of these pa like packages uh, they're like add-ons mm. so so you pay like a flat fee for internet access and that internet is like unregulated whatever like you know free neutral <laughs> internet <laughs> uh and by the way pretty good speeds and it's pretty cheap you know compared to other countries and yeah so it's like um, united states our, uh, um, yeah, canada crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we pay um like the baseline um internet that is as you know it open neutral whatever and then this that you see in the in the screenshot is like you can pay like add-ons and now I don't know, like I, I'm not uh, um, very aware of like this particular promotion or whatever, like this Mao that's one of the pr carriers provider. Um, but I do know that my own carrier has something similar. Like one of my plans uh, on my, like I'm a mobile plan, I pay, um, let's say like four euros a week and I get like five gigs of data, for example. Um, and then I also have like an extra five gigs for youtube i think it's twitch uh and something some other like weird stuff mm. um and then i have like free spotify like if i use spotify it doesn't count towards my data for example right um so all of that is great like if i'm a, a spotify subscriber like great like i have more data or like great i only have five gigs of data but if most of those most of that is spent on youtube you know i have an extra five like it's it's great for that um so it's always always like adding on to whatever you have mm -hmm. so it's not like taking it's not it's not like you can't use apple music you you can only use right. spotify for example but the reality I mean, but... is if yeah if you're one of those <laughs> services you know like <sighs> i do pay for apple music? like if for example if if i would pick my streaming music service of like based on price for example no doubt i would pick spotify because you know i got it for free with my right. with my plan um 
And so in that, like, it's harder for Apple Music to compete or, you know, uh, are there others? Uh, mm. Title? No. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Pandora? <laughs> right. Actually, no, we don't have Pandora in Portugal. Anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is that that's not good. It's not something that I like because it just it's harder to compete uh, because all of these packs, they're, like, super popular apps. It's not like these, you know these small startups that are starting, they're trying to get market share. No, we're talking about like Facebook, uh, you know, uh, Skype, Messenger, Snapchat, and those. Um, so it's like, I feel like everyone, like the general opinion is that this is good because you have more stuff, more data that you can use on your apps that you probably already use. But me, like from a like competition, you know, and me as like someone who works in tech, uh, it scares me a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that is my opinion on it, basically. And that's Very interesting. Scary part. <laughs> the scary part is that most people, you know, the general population, for them, this is good. Hmm. And that's the scary part. They are yeah. not going to oppose net neutrality if you say, oh, but by the way, you know, you can watch more YouTube videos. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, what is the alternative? Like, the alternative is you pay the same like four ninety nine euros per month, I think, um, and you just get that data that you can use anywhere, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> rather than being limited in, to those four apps. Um, hmm. Yep. That's very interesting. Uh, well, good to know, and um, like. Is this something that people talk about in Portugal? No, like, not at all. I am going to be completely honest. I haven't thought about this as, as like a net neutrality thing, to be honest. Because mm. I've had the, this. This has been around since I don't know. This is forever. Like at least two, three years ago, that I remember. Like oh, but you know, uh, like free Spotify or but your YouTube usage doesn't count, stuff like that. Like it's been around for a while. Right. Uh, and I never thought about it as being like, you know, net neutrality. Because when I read about net neutrality, all of the examples that, that people give is like, oh, your Netflix is going to be slower. Or, oh, you know, you're going to have faster speeds watching this, but then if you go to the competitor, it's worse. It's like taking something away from you, right? It's always how I think about net neutrality. Like things are going to be slower. You know, things are, you won't be able to use whatever. But my experience with it so far, it's been, it's not that they're taking stuff away from you. It's just they're giving you very specific extra stuff. Yeah. But that's like, it's scary. Sort of it's a dangerous. naive way to look at it, in my opinion. For sure. For sure. Because, because it's like, imagine, um, like we went from 3G to LTE, right? Like, mm -hmm imagine like the next version of lte which is i don't know like call it like 5g or whatever. <laughs> um like oh all of a sudden 5g is only available through these like six apps you know uh, and then no. like all of a sudden like like initially it starts out as oh like this is great like for these six apps i get to have this like new faster thing but then like Fast forward like two years later, all the uh, like the normal quote unquote internet now seems slow in comparison to the other one. So it's not like they made regular internet slower; it's that they made everything else faster. It's like that is definitely a possibility. Something can happen. It is scary, but in this case, it's 
yeah in this case it's just like how much data do you have like uh, on your phone for example like uh, a month uh six gigabytes you have six gigs what if i told you like from now on for those six gigs like if you're watching youtube videos it doesn't count towards those six gigs isn't that good it's just positive all around right like you still keep those six gigs to use whatever it's just they don't count against youtube which is great yeah. So, in effect, I mean, you have more data now. Po- I mean, it's positive except for like Vimeo. <laughs> right. No. That, so, so that's it. Like, as the general consumer, like, but then, it's positive but then, all yeah. around only because I, well, I'm in the but then, tech but then, scene. But then that's the thing, right? Like, it's like you can never just look at the direct impact of this. No, like, of you course, have to look at the rest. So, basically, like, in this case, um, uh like youtube is free to watch on your on your iphone so like isn't as great but as a result of that fewer and fewer people use vimeo to host their videos right because people want their videos to be accessible everywhere so vimeo goes out of business and now youtube truly is the only platform to have video and now like what's stopping YouTube from showing ads all the time and I'm, just being annoying, right? Dude, so, I totally agree with you. But one, yeah. YouTube is already like the only. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, effectively, that's maybe but, a bad but, example. But mainly, like people don't think that way. Unfortunately, like yeah. this is scary. This is very dangerous. Yeah. This yeah, is exactly. really dangerous. But people won't. You know, they don't think that way. Hmm. <laughs> all right. It's like well, if I if I go to you and say, "Hey, do you want this?" Um, Kit Kat bar for free. Uh, you know, like that sounds great, but think about, you know, uh, Twix. You know, Twix is going to not being able to, you know, create such an impact as a brand because they're giving away Kit Kats, so you're not going to buy Kit Kats are better than <laughs> Twix, anyways. Well, I don't know about that. Anyway, <laughs> Mars. Mars bar is the best chocolate bar ever. Anyway. Okay, okay so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, want to do recommendations? Let's do recommendations. Okay. Um, so I think you put both of these, but basically, like... You can pick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's share, okay? No, okay, I'll pick the first one. You do the second one. Okay, sure. Okay, okay, just because the second <laughs> one is... Actually, I don't know if I did. Anyway, my recommendation this week is uh, Pixelmator Pro. Is a new ver- version of Pixelmator. For you, if you don't know, Pixelmator is um, uh, an image editing. I think it's pronounced Pixelmator. Pixelmator, as <laughs> John Gruber would say. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's like one of the most Mac, like Mac apps ever. <laughs> uh, it's been around forever. It's one of those apps like take advantage of all the new APIs. Like, oh, we support now, you know, tabs in Finder or whatever. Oh, we support like iCloud Sync and all the, you know split screen all of the the new apis for mac they they make sure to take advantage of it when appropriate um and so pixelmator was already like i use it a lot um but now they come up they come up with a new completely new version it's called pixelmator pro um it has a completely like redesign like i would say just a more modern design because back in the day not that long ago but like you know tools like photoshop they were very much like you had all of your like tools what do you call it? like palettes and stuff like your options and, and tools were like on mini like floating yep uh floaty windows and i would say like since probably photos um was like the first app to just like make it all well that's probably inaccurate anyway photos kind of like photos yeah for 
photos for, you know, iPhoto, the new iPhoto. Like that editing thing on the side, the sidebar, uh-huh. that like design language, I would say that's at least that's what oh, I think okay. of when I do this. Anyway, Pistol Meter Pro, it's a new version. Uh, it has a complete new design, new UI. Um, it's It makes me so happy how like there are people still making Mac apps, <laughs> like real <laughs> native Mac apps. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so if you do any image editing at all on Mac, and if you're passionate about indie Mac development, um, this is a great, great uh, app. So give it a look. Yeah. It like it really feels like um the final final cut pro to photos iMovie. Does that make sense? Like uh, basically, yeah. basically like for, for movies you have iMovie and Final Cut Pro. For photos you have Apple's photo app and then you have uh Pixelmator Pro. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. That's sort of how I see it. Um and yeah, it's a really great app. Um, it's like <laughs> Pixelmator is like an interesting company because um, they follow Apple's design language like almost mm. like creepily close. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it, sometimes they're just like, shouldn't you just like make things like a little bit different? <laughs> but, um, Even like the icons are very much like <laughs> yeah the, the native yeah anyway um but it's really great and i i really like that we're we're seeing non um electron apps on on the mac again yep all right uh so my recommendation this week is app the human story uh and uh basically this is a new documentary on um sort of the indie app ecosystem that developed around apple um it like uh, basically you follow a couple sort of app developers uh, more closely and then there's tons of interviews with uh like people that you probably know like in the sort of ios community um so like john gruber um there's like panic folks there's ben um, thompson marco also has a couple cameos marco yeah um so uh I started watching it. I have to admit, I haven't finished it yet. Um, but it's really great so far. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, I kind of classify that in along the same lines of um, of Abstract, the Netflix kind of mm-hmm. documentary series, where like, this is a documentary that like, actually like, really makes you want to build apps. And like, not in a way that they're being dishonest about like the challenges. Um, but I think it's like a documentary by people who love like making software. For sure. Right? Like so um it's really great. You can uh buy it on Vimeo. Uh I have to admit <laughs> I'm not not a huge fan of the Vimeo kind of interface mm-hmm. and like just decisions around video compression. <laughs> um so uh, yeah like the quality is not the best like it's not awful but it's i wish it was a little bit higher uh but regardless like i think this is very well worth it like this is a great documentary and i had a really good time watching it so far can i give my quick review of course uh and before i do like you should definitely watch it okay (laughs) 
um like so i was one of the kickstarter backers and this was like in the making for years and years and kept being you know getting delayed and all like i, I thought this they were shooting this for like i think the okay i think the kickstarter thing was like three or four years ago it was oh, wow. a while back yeah this is, this has been in the making for a while so i was like you know I, hype was building up because i was really excited to finally see it and it is a documentary that celebrates um uh, ios and, and and mac basically apple developers right indie apple developers um and celebrates the like the impact that apps have you know have had in the world uh and it features all of the people in this uh, Apple bubble that I've been into since college days, right? So, like you mentioned, you know, John Gruber and Marco and Ben Thompson and Panic Guys, like all these, like, they're familiar faces. Um, so, all of that is great. <laughs> it was so good. It's like, it was like a documentary made for me, right? Um, the only uh, criticism that I would give it is that it just, like, it's a bit off-putting to me when it's like what we do is the most important thing in the world you know like just <laughs> thinking a bit too much of ourselves like what we do is so important and this change the world forever like it's maybe it's true like there you know maybe that's one way to put it and it's not an invaluable way but it's, it's just a bit off-putting to me so in the end of the documentary it's like i enjoyed uh watching it but it's like i didn't love it <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> all right well i mean i want to be fair like i don't want to yeah it's your recommendation i would definitely maybe i think i put it in the show notes like i want to recommend this this documentary i think if if you're into this apple bubble you're or you're just like you know you're in apps and stuff uh how can you not be today um you're gonna enjoy it so anyway that's my review (laughs) cool well i think that's it for the show Okay, so before we go, we want to let you know that everyone listening, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do it either through Twitter, we are at layoutfm, or you can go to spectrum.chat slash specfm slash layout. We have our episode there. You can uh, comment there and with a discussion there. And we want to give special shout outs this week. Uh, we had a lot of mentions this week, so this is a, this is a great segment. We want to sh- give shout outs to Bruno Felicio, uh, Victor Kernes, crap. I don't know how to pronounce that. Kearns? Wait. I don't know. Kearns. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Victor Kearns, Martin Totev, uh, Mocken, Prototyper. Uh, oh, listen to uh, Ricardo. Hey. What's his last name again? Uh, Ricardo? Oh my God, dude, I forgot. I, d- M- I, just, Lange, I think? I don't know. Yeah. I, just I think so. You saying anyway. his last name. <laughs> We 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 said I think it was last show like we we were throwing some obscure references and I think we mentioned like hey if any listener like knows what we're talking about like, like gets the reference we would you know offer like a gift of some kind anyway listener Ricardo got it uh, yes and he told Kevin in person that <laughs> like, he got it so I guess now we yeah. have to figure out so um, we like we work together uh, right. so he actually told me in the bathroom. <laughs> We're both TMI. getting out of the bathroom, and he told me. So I'm usually not a, a no-talking person in the bathroom, but this was uh, will allow this one. Yeah, I think it was a good cause. Oh, and lastly, uh, Phil Hawksworth, which he just joined Netlify, so he's now a co-worker, and you know he mentioned us on Twitter. So thanks everyone for the shoutouts, and here's our shout-out to you. Nice. 
Lastly, uh, I am Rafahari on Twitter. Kevin is Vernal Kick on Twitter. You can find all the show notes and all the other episodes and just look at the website that Kevin redesigned recently uh, at layout.fm on the Twitters. Oh, and this, this show is part of... <laughs> <laughs> This show is part of the Spec FM network. I am currently recording at the Spec FM HQ official, Ooh. you know, studio, fancy studio. Fancy. Once again. Yeah. Shout out to Sarah for making the audio work. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you, Sarah. I don't know if you can hear me. She got us like this the audio working. This was a mess. We got it now. And uh, yeah, well, well, I'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. I mean, we probably won't see each other. So that's one thing that the the mm. listeners don't know is like we usually see each other. Oh, um, that's, that's but right. we're using a different like recording setup right now, and we can't see each other. So that is right. So that's okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't know if that different. makes the show better or worse. Actually, I don't know. There's a lot of variables yeah. right now. <laughs> you know, different time zone like i'm recording usually i record late at night True. now it's your turn and i've had food before recording which is like a new <laughs> thing for me i'm not starving <laughs> so anyway there you go so i guess we won't see each other next week but we will we'll definitely hear talk to each, each other, other. <laughs> i did all right Have bye